0: You are now tuned into The James Grage Theory, episode 35, the number one podcast in 2020, discussing life, fitness, business, and whatever else is bugging us at that moment. The action is all on youtube.com slash Grage. Join the conversation. But if you want direct access to us, the best way to do that is ask jamesgrage.com. We'll also be kind of integrating and marrying all of our content soon so that you'll see jamesgrage.com coming up and a lot of new exciting things before the holidays. I think you'll, you'll see on jamesgrage.com. So definitely jump in there. I think there's an email capture in there somewhere. So go join that. Um, you can listen to James Grage Theory on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, Radio Public, and wherever you can listen to podcasts. We also want to say, say thank you to everybody that has been joining us and listening to us. Definitely. We're getting some awesome feedback. We're getting some awesome reviews. Five stars only, please. We don't accept anything less. <laughs> what do we have today, boss?
1: Well, actually, I just wanted to add to that and say that although we got jamesgrage.com up, it took us a while, just with everything else we had going on, kind of just fell to the bottom of the list. Finally got that up, but I don't think that we're even close to bringing it all together like we talked about uh, from the podcast, getting on the site, all the other information and the blogs. And It's so on our list, though. We have a so lot big, going on. Big step on. plan, definitely not there yet, but the fact that we're sticking to this, we're now episode 35 into the podcast, doing this consistently week over week. I think that's a good start. So that's all we can do. Like we were just talking about, you just bite off what you can chew and uh small one victories step at a time.
0: gain your confidence and you can achieve the bit you have the confidence to achieve these bigger goals bigger tasks and we do have these this might be a small thing for us you know for our audience but in the in the bigger scheme of things i think this is huge for us to stay consistent with it really teaching me how to kind of make sure you know I have a certain time spent on this staying consistent staying disciplined with some of this stuff and cool. you know what with our technology too with our technological advances. We're yep. getting better, we're learning from well, every, every episode. That's how it
1: always is. I mean, anytime I start a new project, I always feel the same way. I always feel like I just don't have all the right tools, the right resources, and that used to be a real hang up for me when I was younger, trying to accomplish my goals. I would say, well, I'll do that when this, whatever it is, when I have this, or when I've done that, or when I finish this, and so there are all these things it was contingent on. And that was a big learning lesson for me is just making do with what you have and starting. Like, what can you do to start today? And you're not always going to be satisfied with it, especially for me. I'm a perfectionist. I hate doing things when I feel like I could always do it better. And that was something that I had to get past because it's never going to be the way you want it in the beginning, but it's just important to start and incrementally you get better like the podcast when we first started it even sounded bad <laughs> the audio quality was for bad sure. like you said so now we got better equipment better microphones and you know it gets better and better over time with consistency and being disciplined so and that's that's the way it is for everything it's like i a mean life lesson man yeah there's for no sure. magic to it like we always talk about so being consistent with this keep doing it uh fortunately i don't see this as a chore or work no it's this actually is, great yeah yeah this is kind of our 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 break in the week. Right, Tuesday sure. at three o'clock is kind of fun time just to, to BS here and...
0: Yeah, and it originally started, if people remember episode one, it was a curious case of a 31 year old, young digital professional. That's me, right? Yeah, both of us all right, learning from me. No, but, it, but but learning from somebody that, you know, he looks up to as a mentor and just asking really, I mean, we haven't held back. We've literally talked about everything on this show. Um, and all the episodes are on iTunes right now, Spotify, all that good stuff so make sure you guys listen always give us a give us an awesome feedback so you um, want you want a random fact of the day random fact of the day go so minka my five-year-old daughter
1: is here in the office today my wife is had to run over to the hospital a friend of ours is giving birth uh so she said hey can you drop mink off so she's here at the office and i got her camped out on the floor over here she's got her sleeping bag and her pillow and her ipad watching youtube kids And so I was in the middle of a phone call and she kept trying to get my attention. So I hung up the phone finally and she pulled off her headphones and she said, "'Dad, did you know that squids have tentacles?' And they take those tentacles and they take the food and they shove it in their hole." (laughs) I said, I'm assuming you mean their mouth because you wouldn't want to shove it in your other hole. And she says, you mean their butt. (laughs) So here's the random fact of the day I was told by my nephew, Chase, that as a matter of fact, they they only have one hole. Oh, it's in and out. Their mouth is the same as their butt.
0: Is this the official start of Chase's random facts of the day?
1: Well, I've been trying to get him to come on here because this is what we do in the house. Like (laughs) At coffee every morning, we talk about random facts of the day. So squids literally shit where they eat. Oh, wow. Yeah, and what's even more interesting, he tells me, is that their brain surrounds this hole. So it's like their head is literally in their ass. So, random fact of the day. I thought I would share that. I have a question for
0: you. How many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? <laughs> I'm not even going to venture a guess. How many? Tentacles. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a free Ooh. one, guys. It's a free one for you, guys. Man. Speaking of these pro- some of these projects you have coming up, mm-hmm. I know you have some awesome things coming up. I don't know how much you want to get into it a little bit, but we've talked about it um, on the show Um, but you're kind of nearing some of that, some of that stuff. Yeah,
1: I got a lot of stuff going on. You know, I'm always kind of, you know, debating an internal debate, how much of it, you know, I want to share how much of it I want to be a surprise. Uh, but I'm not letting that slow me down. Still plugging away at stuff. So got some awesome stuff that not quite ready to go ahead and fully reveal, Past episodes we've talked about. I think it if a you go
0: bit. on size James Graves, you can maybe get a hint. Yeah, you get a hint. Some of
1: the things, right? Uh, it's, you know, I'm excited about it. Fun stuff. Got a lot of great stuff going on right now. BPI, we got a lot of great stuff. I think we're having probably more fun than we've ever had in a long For time. Sure. In a really good groove. And that's where good things happen in business i mean that's where all good things happen is when you're enjoying what you do you're having fun you're passionate that's when you know creativity is at its peak your energy is at its peak and great things come out of that so really excited about that but I, uh, you know just in that continuing to try to find the balance like we always talk about that, that work family life personal life, fitness life, finding that balance between all those things which is, you know, ever changing. I don't it's, it's not a fixed m- thing. It's always in flux. When
0: it's this busy though, there there has to be come there has to come a point where it's, there's a tipping point though. How do you oh, yeah. how do you kind of let that steam off, I guess? Like are there certain um, daily things you do weekly, monthly, like, how do you deal with, like, we talk about this a lot too, you know, balancing life and everything, but I think it's a, it'll be a question. It'll be another 50 episodes of us discussing it before we even get to near an answer. But yeah, I mean, look, there, there, there's definitely
1: tipping points and everyone has their own threshold. It's like a threshold for pain, right? Uh, everyone's threshold is different. And I think a lot of what determines your threshold Let's, let's talk about pain, is how much pain you've been through. If you've only stubbed your toe, that's the worst pain you've ever felt in your life, then you're probably going to have a relatively low threshold for pain. <laughs> if you've really beat yourself, broken up, you know, broken bones, and been through some really horrible stuff, or if you're a woman and been through childbirth, you know, look, you're going to have a different tolerance for pain because everything in life is all relative, yeah, right? So it's the same thing with stress. Uh, or not even just stress, uh, you know. It's that ability to juggle, juggle things, and 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 feel the pressures that you feel. But I think that, like I have a high tolerance for pain, going through a car accident and you know broken bones, and you know just really uh, putting my body through the ringer. I feel like I also have a decent tolerance
0: for stress. And to be able to handle a lot of pressure. Sometimes you think they come hand in hand. Were you super stressed when you were physically enabled? Or were you kind of just like, okay, well, the physical kind of takes over? I'd say
1: where they go hand in hand. And this is the advice that no one ever likes. Uh, You know, it's kind of crude. But it's don't be a pussy. Right? Suck it up. Suck it up. You know, life is tough. And, you know... If I if you think otherwise, look to Mother Nature. Mother Nature is brutal. I mean, you know, people say it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. No, it's a animal-eat-animal-everything-eats-everything everything world. And, I, you know, there's a part of me that's idealistic that would just want to say, hey, can't we all just get along and be in peace and every day be sunshine and rainbows and sparkles? And, you know, and I still strive for that. I... Do you think having but 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 you definitely have to uh, yeah. There's gonna be times where you're gonna be you're gonna be pushed to your limits. You're gonna feel a ton of stress or disappointment or fear. So many different things. And for me, I've I don't think there is any magic other than just pushing them aside. Sometimes, like I don't have a magic formula for dealing with all of them. Although one simple technique I did share with you before, which is I simply take them out of my head and write them down. It makes it easier for me to evaluate. I think when they're in my head, even if they're totally irrational, they seem to make more sense when they're in my head. It's
0: clustered, yeah.
1: But when I write them down on a piece of paper, I feel like I'm a little more objective when Mm -hmm. I evaluate those things and say, okay, that that is legitimate. That makes sense. Or, hey, that's totally ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So that is one trick I have. But other than that, really, it comes down to just pushing it aside. And think, just plowing forward.
0: Do you think you learned a lot of that from, like, your parents, for example? For me, one thing you, you mentioned, you know, just suck it up, don't be a pussy, all that stuff. That's some of the stuff you learned from, like, your father. You know, it's weird. I didn't learn it from him. That's what I mean. Like, how did you – like, with me, I was caught – you know, my mom, every time you fell down, you know, there's two kinds of parents that are like, Oh, no, my baby. I saw a little kid fall, yeah. and, the, you know, the father came up and was like, holding him, like, are you okay? And then there's a parent that's like – You're good. Come on. Get up. I think
1: I learned a lot of it from my mom who just whatever problem I came to her with, she said, figure it out. Mm. And she, it's not because she didn't care. Matter of fact, I think she said it because she did care and she had, she was strong enough to let me struggle because as a parent, it's really hard to watch your kids struggle. For sure. It's painful. You want to fix their problems for them. And so she made me do it myself. And guess what? You learn to figure it out. And for that, I'm really appreciative that push come to shove, no matter what the situation. And sometimes it seems like there is no solution. It feels like I've just hit it, you know, into the road, a roadblock. And that's a, you know, that's a, a feeling that I think all of us have felt before. And I've just learned that if I put enough time and energy and focus into it and determination that I'll find a workaround.
0: Yeah, for I'll sure. find
1: find a way. There, you know what? What's the choice? What's your choice? It's either you find a workaround or you lay down. And I'm not the type of person that lays down. I'm never. I'm. When I was younger, I was a quitter. You know, and I, and I hate even saying it because it bothers me still. Like I look at all the things that I used to quit, and I. But I'm not a quitter anymore, and that was probably the biggest game changer in my life.
0: I think once you see the results of not quitting a few times in a row... Persevering, yeah, pushing through pushing it. pushing through it and getting through it, I think it gives you a new appreciation for quitting. And, and I don't mean in a way that, you know, you appreciate it in, a, in that kind of way, but you, you understand you, it and you know it's just a fucking mental thing.
1: Well, and you realize that is the ceiling for people. That's the threshold. Right. Like, I used to ask myself, what separates people? What's the difference between someone who doesn't accomplish all their goals, and someone who does. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's just that simple. There, The people that I met along the way, I started realizing there were a lot of people that weren't the smartest. I used to think it was the smartest people that, that succeeded or is the people that were the most networked or the most connected. But what I found is it's usually the people that just persevere, that no matter how many times you knock them down, they
0: get back up. Um, This guy, I always talk about him, um, David Goggins. I'm a huge fan of him. And he had this one thing. He goes, you know, he was running in 100-degree weather. And he's like, I'd love to tell myself that it's, you know, 82 and nice and flowing weather out here. But it's not. Mm -hmm. It it fucking sucks. I'm not here sugarcoating it to make myself feel better. I'm just facing reality of what it is, and I'm going right after it. I'm not – you know m- making this figure it, it was basically about you know don't don't bullshit yourself on social media the the when he found himself was he found himself in a corner cowering in the fetal position because he didn't even know who the hell he was because he was just lied to himself so like i stopped lying to myself everything is just the, the way
1: it is you know actually that's an interesting lead into what i really wanted to talk about today i uh, it's uh i don't know have you have you watched any of the dark mirror episodes black mirror or black mirror sorry no 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 so, you know, we had a bunch of the guys here especially on the the e-commerce side, our digital team, you know, they, they like that stuff. Yeah, for and sure. so I never watched it until recently, and I haven't watched all of them. I watched a couple episodes of season 3 and season 4. And what it reminds me of is a modern day version of the Twilight Zone, but really it's all, you know, most of it is about technology, you know, the ugly side, the dark side of, you know, what can happen as we progress with technology. And some of it is in line with some of the stuff that you and I have talked about. You mentioned that even on podcasts like Joe Rogan's podcast, you mentioned he had Elon Musk on there. And they talked talked about AI. And so there was an episode that I started to watch and it was on basically social media. And where there was, it was almost like a social score, and it really determined your social status in reality, Hmm. which isn't that far off from what it is right now. Absolutely. But this would determine what kind of house you could get, what kind of job you could get, if you could buy an airline ticket. And I got halfway through this episode, and so basically people could upvote you or downvote you in your interaction. So if you and I had an interaction and I said something to you that you didn't like, you could downvote me right there, right to my face. And so, just the little bit that I saw, you saw a lot of ass-kissing people, you know, trying to get that upvote all the time. And it just was, like, so uncomfortable to watch this that I got halfway through the episode and I literally stopped. Because it hit a nerve with me because you know that social media, that I see the benefit of it, especially from a business perspective. Absolutely. From a personal perspective, I really don't see a lot of benefit, to be honest with you. I... Only from my perspective. And that doesn't mean that I'm right. It just means that I grew up in a generation where when we were younger, didn't have social media. So my outlook is a little bit different because I know that it takes so little in such like almost like a simple life to be happy and to feel fulfilled. And I see people trying so hard and working so hard and feeling so unfulfilled. And, it's, and I see that in social media, like trying so hard to gain the approval of people that they don't know and will never, ever know. And that's a bummer to me. It really makes me sad, especially as a parent, because I look at it and say, you know what? I know better, and I can decide how much of it I adopt, how much I don't. And I think some people think I'm a social media person because I've got a YouTube following or an okay you know, Instagram following, nothing fancy, but better than average, or same thing with Facebook. But I'm not. I'm not a social media person. And I'm, I'm always fighting it. Like, I don't want to do it. But I do it because I know but that you it's, are around, it's smart.
0: you are around me. You're around guys like Kirby and stuff. We're a very social group. And I think um, what you said m- makes sense. You you know better. We don't. Like, not me. Because I got off, like, I still had the, you know, you couldn't call You know at the same time your internet was on. You know, you couldn't pick up your land phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, I, I think my generation will be the last one to taste the freedom of the internet. And then having the access to the internet but some of these kids this is all they have this is they don't have that pre-internet pre-social media and, that, so, and that's the part
1: that kind of freaks me out about the whole thing is when i look at it i think it's all about perspective and we were even just talking about that in the beginning of the conversation that perspective is really important and so because i've experienced something different i have a little bit different perspective but what about younger kids like my kids that don't have that perspective because they've never experienced it now i can try to teach them the best that i can but then i just sound like you know old fashioned dad talking about you know glory days versus what they know the world that they know and also in what they see and even with me they i look like a hypocrite cuz i can tell them you know hey social media is not that important <laughs> hey don't watch
0: youtube but your dad has 250,000 followers on youtube
1: well and and they've yeah. also watched me invest a lot of my time and energy into it and that's actually kind of what got me thinking about it specifically today was today's Tuesday and I had every intention of Sunday uploading the next part of the, the Doctor Dr. Osborne episode where he and I had this nice conversation talking about, you know, not not really so much about ketogenic diets, but low carb dieting, the importance of carbs and muscle building. Kind of like a really awesome topic. And so yeah. I wanna chop stuff. this up into a few more pieces and get up on YouTube. But that didn't happen. And in, in that I was thinking, oh, you know, all right, I'll do it when I do it. You know, it's better to just get up whenever. But oh, you know, I'm not playing into the algorithm, and I, that that made me stop for a second. That made me pause. I'm like, fuck the algorithm. <laughs> like, I'm gonna let a computer algorithm dictate what I do with my time, when I do it, whether I'm gonna prioritize, say, spending time with my kids over the weekend. Versus sitting at my laptop, editing a video, all to play to an algorithm that's going to determine how many views my video gets. I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Like, so, well, I play the game, yeah, but I'll play it the way that I want to play it. And I guess I have the opportunity to do that, the luxury to do that. But what if in the future, it really is like this episode, where so much of your opportunity is dictated by this? And, you know, look, in China, it's already partly that way. It's, you know, they don't have the same kind of credit system that they, that we have here to determine can you get a loan or a credit card or buy a car, but they do have a social rating system already in place. It's already the beginning stages of this. So when everything is ran by four platforms, you can
0: complete
1: database on them. So I look at it and say, hey, it's great that I can make that choice, but what if in the future you don't have that choice? What if social media really does become that important? And that's, that freaks me out. Yeah. That freaks me out. So I think that's kind of you know, a really interesting conversation because it leads into so many other things. I, you know Even this idea of, you and I talked about before, if you could upload yourself, you, you brought this up talking, to me yeah, yeah. and you asked me, if you could upload yourself before you died so you could live on forever, would you do it? And my answer was no, not a chance. And, and my said, answer was yes, hell yes. And your answer was hell yes. My reasoning is pretty simple. I, I think one of the things that's beautiful about our lives is that it is a ticking clock. You and I have talked about that a little bit before, but I look at what motivates me. People have asked, well, how do you stay motivated? And there's times I don't feel motivated there's things that I need to do and I know that I need to do them and I can rationalize it and I can guilt trip myself for not doing it but I still don't feel like doing it and then all of a sudden I'll get a fire under my ass and I'll do it and I always I always look at it and and analyze it and you know what it is it's a sense of urgency a sense of urgency is what makes me finally get off my ass and do it meaning a deadline has come up and it's a hard deadline it's not gonna move And there is now a pressure to get it done. That's what motivation is. And so I look at life and say, well, that's the ultimate motivation right there is we're, you know, it's a ticking clock. Every day is a ticking clock. And what's even crazier is you don't have an allotted amount of time. It's not like I'm guaranteed X amount of years in my life. Tomorrow could be the last day. And if you can really embrace that then it creates a sense of urgency to go out and experience all the things that you want to do instead of being complacent because we've talked about that before procrastination only comes from this idea i have more time i'll do it tomorrow because i've got enough time to do it but what if you don't Hmm. so i look at that and i i think that that's what makes life really exciting to try to squeeze in all these experiences and make the most out of life so now on the flip side, if you said, "Well, I could upload myself and live on forever, live for two hundred years or two thousand years," I don't know. Where's the sense of urgency for one? Right. Where where's the interest? Almost to me, that doesn't sound amazing. That almost sounds like
0: purgatory. Yeah, but that's at least, and that and that can transition over to fitness. We can see why. You and I have different physiques because I want to live on. I know I think I'll live on forever, and you're like, oh, set a deadline for f- certain fitness goals. I think it transcends kind of what we're talking to. You know, people that set those certain deadlines in fitness, you can see that they get the better results, or the people that are just like random about so it. So
1: let me ask you this what would be the appeal to you? I just, so, so I can better understand, what would be the appeal
0: of living on forever? So for me, it's probably a, a selfish reason not even to live on whatever, but I like learning. There's so much more I think I need to learn. I want to learn everything. I want to be able to, I think in a, with a computer brain, you can just kind of refer back and it's entertainment for the rest of your life. Find all these stupid random facts and all this database of all these movies in my head, I'll be entertained forever and I'll know everything. But um, yeah, to me it's just the accumulation of information. I think that's that's to me, that's what it is. I don't want to. I don't know if I physically want to be somewhere, but living on giving people more information when somebody asks, I'm like the next Google. Call me Dennis. Yeah. You know, ask Dennis, and then I can just spew that information. But so will everybody else. Yeah, but I want to do it on like funny, stupid shit. You know? <laughs> but, you know, but 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 so so let me address one thing that you yeah. said. So with social media, two things actually. You may social media is what it is. Is whatever you make it. I mm-hmm. use my Instagram. I have five. You have fifty thousand followers. I have five hundred followers. I'm a social media expert at that point. Why don't I have more followers? I use my social media for something completely different than what other people do. For my Instagram, I don't care if any of my friends like it. I'm not chasing that. That's not my expectation. To me, it's a, a, a diary of the stuff I see. You won't see selfies of me or me going to these all these cool places. But it's that capture of that moment. That that ship, beautiful ship, I saw go by, I wanted to take a picture of that, but so later on I could go back and say, oh, that's what I was thinking at that moment at that time. I don't care if anybody likes it or whatever, there's weird shit from my art and all that stuff. To me, it's kind of like an artistic expression, like my own gallery for myself. You you know what's interesting
1: is, so Chase and I,
0: my nephew,
1: we got into this, I'm not even going to call it a debate, it's just a conversation, because I was telling him it's interesting that before it was so easy to carry around a camera in your pocket being your phone, even with a point-and-shoot camera, people still didn't carry cameras around everywhere that they went. It was a secondary item. Yeah, so there wasn't a compulsion to just to take a picture of everything. It was only for very specific moments. Mm -hmm. Now we take bazillions of pictures of everything, and the crazy thing is most of those just disappear into oblivion. I mean, yeah, we have them, they're sitting on the cloud or whatever, but... Do you actually ever do anything with them? How, how often do people actually ever even take a picture off of their phone, print it, frame it, stick it on the wall and really treasure it? So I feel like it's a lot of quantity and not a lot of quality. Uh, that's one aspect and the other is, I think the difference was when I knew that I didn't have a camera at that moment to really capture this moment. I turned on all my senses and soaked it in Hmm. and like, you know, ingrained ingrained it it in your brain. Right, right, right. Yeah. Really to remember it and to feel it. And you'd be hard pressed to convince me that a photo is better than that, especially when in haste to take the right photo, not just a photo, because how many people just take one photo now It's like, they'll take it from 20 different angles, get the right light and all this other shit that you do kind of miss the moment.
0: I mean, you've seen those concert pictures where, you know, somebody's up on stage and all you see—what do you see? Just phones. hands and phones. Nobody's actually sitting there it's, watching it. It's like
1: it's become an extension of our senses. Now it's like our our eyeball. And so, when you were telling me that that was the conversation that Elon Musk had, that we already are kind of cybernetic organisms yeah, we're, that we're we already. This- you know our phones and technology are already integrated into our lives and that you know everything that we upload into this social media we network are
0: social media
1: we are and it is one giant network of people and technology together We're learning each other i mean it's learning information learning thing. that that's scary man well, th- well think about it so you know you go back to science fiction movies you go back to the original concept for terminator You know, what was really the the concept there with this artificial intelligence? It was out there gathering information, and that's all social media is. That's all Google is. It's just a big, giant database of everything that we think, everything that we feel, everything that we like. And that's pretty terrifying.
0: It's creating a fucking footprint. That's why I just try to confuse him, man. You use your tools. Just be totally just, unpredictable? It's completely unpredictable. If they see my stuff, they don't even know what's going on. All the they just don't forms know what bucket to put you in? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Confuse the shit out of them. But the other the other point I was going to bring up, and I think some of it... So you you were a free bird. Let's say you were this free spirit. You've always been like a, not really influenced by social thing. But you're we're in an industry where it's such a hyper focus on social media. So you're going from like... Well, I kind of want to dabble in social media to the most social media industry-driven, you know, business there is. Well, I mean, fit, Well,
1: fitness is – social media was made for the fitness industry, for dude, sure. It,
0: it took companies into billion-dollar realms just from social media. I mean, I don't know. There might have been a couple big supplement companies back then, but because of the way social media and image and what people think that they want to look like and what they want to look like – and. Not, not one person on this planet. Seven billion people don't like the way they look. Mm-hmm. The most fit guy on the planet, Mr. Olympia, to all these guys wanting to still change picks something. himself apart. Exactly. So for companies like us that can play on that image thing, whatever.
1: Well, that's why there's definitely a responsibility there. That's but, why we talk about it all the time. But I mean, why are
0: we – why is nobody else responsible? Why, are we, why do we have to be responsible? Why can't we play unfair like the rest of them? Uh, Why can't you know cuz you got it cuz you got it you got to feel good about what you do
1: and uh, you know it's it's just uh it's sad to see i feel that people are becoming really susceptible to it on one hand they're not because they become savvier all the time you know it's like we've talked about before when reality tv first came out people believed that that was real and then you realize it was maybe 10% real and 90% you know, conjured up, they created all this drama and conflict. And then you started watching people do vlogs on YouTube and were like, oh, that's a real, like, you know, we're a fly on the wall in their life. No, nah, I mean, even that, they create, you know, drama or... here, Here's a crazy thought. How about this? What if the person doing a vlog on YouTube that sharing whatever's going on in their life, you know, saying hey, I'm just going to be totally transparent with my fan base. I'm going to share everything that's going on. I break up with my girlfriend, I'm going to share it with them. I have a, you know, responsibility to my audience. If you, you know, believe that you really have a responsibility <laughs> right. to share all your personal shit with people. So, let's say that they believe that that is sincere, that it's 100% real. Is it really one hundred percent real, or are they making decisions in their life because it makes for good content?
0: Hmm. Because or, or, the or same. even
1: if it or even if it's not one hundred percent, is it a factor? Is it influencing their decisions?
0: Let's let's say per- like,
1: perception, right? Like of course, what what you know, this image or my life that I'm going to project out into the world. I just feel like people now are almost as they do like these vlogs or even their social media. It's almost like they're constantly writing the script of their own little soap opera.
0: But getting back to our point earlier about like imagine I'm a little kid and I I bust my ass. If my mom is near me, I'm going to start crying when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. If there's nobody around, I'm just like, let me. Dust myself off, but without you, an audience. With it, if there's no audience, and you've seen it happen too with, with mm-hmm. the kids, you catch them. They minka just spills it. She gets up, she does herself off. But if you're there watching, somebody else is there, if you're there watching, she's like, oh, my, you know, it,
1: it, people it's act different, different with an audience. Absolutely, and I think so, so. So now they're putting their whole life out there for an audience to watch. But they are embellishing
0: it. They're making it more of what it is. Whether it's they want to you know, get the more, more of the sympathy points or they want to make it look better than it actually is. Mm-hmm. But all
1: truth comes so, to the so point. And that's what bothers me about it because my whole goal in life is to be as authentic to myself as possible, not for anybody else, for myself. Like how many times have you... How about this? How about an example? That if... There's someone that is in your social circle that you don't really care for, but it's kind of politically correct to be nice to them because of your other network of friends or business associates or whatever. So you see this person who you really don't like at all. Everybody goes through this, right? And you see them, and you're like, hey, how are you? Good to see you again. And then you walk away, and you feel disgusted with yourself because it may have been the right thing to do within your social circle, but it felt like a betrayal to yourself. Because you just know, Unless it's you knew pers- that you were totally fake.
0: Unless something personal, I never have that kind of like thing. I guess I'm fake with everybody because I'm just like, hey, what's going on? But I'm never, I'm never going to have that. But I, I do understand what you're saying, though. So look, and there's times you have to
1: do it, right? So in business, for example, I'm not going to always like everyone that I come across, but you'd be pretty hard pressed to be successful in business if you always said what was on your mind. Mm. Right? I, I wish we could all do that. That would be pretty awesome. Oh, It'd cool. be super real. I mean, look, there's nothing that I treasure more than moments of realness. Like right, When you right. have a conversation with someone and there's no fluff, no bullshit, it's just like the real deal. They're the real version of them. You're the real version of you you don't feel any need to try to pretend to be any other way. You don't need to posture. Your ego's not in the way. There's something
0: really really cool about it. Did you ever have a time where you you were that person that played this role or were something that you really Of course. cuz I
1: didn't know I didn't I didn't know who I was. Right. So you're just pretending to be different. Yeah, I mean, look, you, I, well I think, you know, look, you look at the definition of what an ego is. It's this really it's a self-created character right? We create this character for ourselves. of the way that we, we see ourselves or the way we want other people to see us. And so what is the real us? That's the real question. I don't even know, you know, and so much of it is our environment. Would I be this same real me if I lived in some third world country and my biggest priority was struggling just to find food or to feed my family or you know, have a roof over my head? Would I be worried about the same stupid shit that I worry about on a daily basis here that I think is important when it's really not?
0: First world problems, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, and that's Absolutely. a real thing. It's a real thing. And so that's what I'm always trying to get down to is like, what is, what is real? Because when you go to some of those countries and you see people that have nothing, nothing. Some of them don't even have a bed. Matter of fact, some of them don't even have a floor. They got dirt. They got a, a hut on dirt. And they sleep on the dirt on a mat. And you know what? So many of those people are happy. They don't even have food a lot of times. They're struggling to like literally just get the basic necessities. <coughs> and they're happy. Or they can find happiness. Doesn't mean they're happy all the time. I mean, none of us are happy all the time. We all have our ups and downs. But they're able to find happiness within that. So I look at the things like as long as I've got a roof over my head, I'm taking care of my loved ones – right? My kids are safe. They're fed. I'm, you know, I've got a meal in my stomach. Things are, everything else is gravy. It really is. But we just lose sight of that. We lose sight of it. And the shit that we get upset about really in the grand scheme of things is super petty. Think about that.
0: We take hot showers in hot water and we complain if the the water doesn't run hot. Did you know that that
1: is a hot shower is probably one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Uh-huh, shower. You well, know why? I, there, what, what, there's a reason.
0: Why would it would it change if you couldn't take it? Uh-huh, well,
1: shower. so that's why I. It's one of my favorite things because, one, the way I grew up. So when I was let's see. Kindergarten, first grade, we lived in a little mobile home, and it had a water heater that was like the size of a a gallon of milk like it had enough hot water to fill a pot. That was it. Not a bathtub, not a shower. And so what you would do, the trick was my mom would call it like a tit bath. You like you squat down underneath the faucet. Forget don't don't even turn on the shower. That's a waste of time. And you just like you kind of like cross your legs under it and you let the water pool up on your lap and then you splash yourself with it. And you know, that's that's how you got like a little bit of like hot water. That's the
0: ghettoest thing I've ever heard, James.
1: Yeah, so like That was part of it. And then the other part was from my car accident because I sat there in the hospital bed so long, whatever that was, you know, six weeks without ever having a shower. A nurse would come in, you know, with a washcloth. Matter of fact, I had a friend of mine come in and just shave all my hair off just so they could wash my scalp because my head felt so dirty and I couldn't wash my hair. So I just said, just shave it all off. So that first time of getting in the shower, And I still had casts on my arms, so put garbage bags, you know, over all my casts, and got in there. And the way that that hot water felt was amazing; like it was the best feeling ever. And I remember it so clearly that every time I get in the shower, like I appreciate that. I remember that exact same feeling because I recognize that it's a simple pleasure, something that I can appreciate every single day, right? Every day, like if I got hot water. Man, that's a good start that's to the a good day. Start to, that's an awesome way to look at it. What if you didn't have hot water? What if well, you in shower in cold water? I've been there. Got to go back to it. I've huh? been there. I've been there. So it's, I remind myself that it's nothing worse than
0: anything I've already been through. Wow. That's an awesome way to look at it. I still say – so let me ask you a question. Um, what if you could just get rid of all of your social media? Mm-hmm. I see you doing it maybe like in five years. But would you – how – would it be a happy reaction to you? like, okay, well no more of dealing with this and that, or would you kind of be like, well, I do enjoy the it. It fam- would, it'd
1: be part of something bigger. Like, you know, I joke about disappearing off, you know, off the grid, going into the mountains. That's only half a joke.
0: That's not even a joke. <laughs> if, you, if you know you, that's like,
1: so it would be, it'd be when I've reached that point where I say, okay, you know, I don't have, I don't, there's not a message that I want to share anymore. Like, and that's the upside of social media, right? It's, it's an ability to share a message. Like right now, you and I are sitting in my office. No one else is here except for Instagram. No one else is listening, but they are listening. Like you have the opportunity to tap into the whole world if you want to. Like right now, so anyone that's on Instagram, hit me up right now with wherever you're from, what country you're from because we know every every time we get on here there's oh, people dude. from all over the world from from India friends, from right? China and Germany that's pretty cool yeah that's cool and so look I'm not all down on social media I see the upsides to it but I just think that people have to see all sides of it you have to see all sides and you have to know what the risk is like so James my son just competed in Miami for it was the academic olympics which was pretty cool because he downplayed it. He just said, "Hey, Dad, he's like, can you take me to this thing on Saturday? I got to give a speech." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, of course. You know, that's cool." And I, uh, and he was kind of telling me that you know, like he thought that was cool to give a speech because he came out there to Utah with us to FitCon mm-hmm. when I did that keynote presentation. Yeah, for sure. And I think he thought that was kind of cool. Oh, so, for sure,
0: dude. He was right in the front row watching.
1: Yeah, so he was gonna give this speech. And turns out it's the academic Olympics. You got you know kids competing for computer science and music and everything. So here he is for speech, and uh, he decided he took a page out of a book that was published by uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm-hmm. and he was talking about in the in this page he was talking about we all envision this future of flying cars. Uh, you know, traveling to distant planets, to artificial intelligence, you know, catering to our every need. Robots and everything. Right, right. And, and he was saying, you know, th- we should thank our lucky stars that that hasn't all come true, because imagine that. Imagine, you know, cars flying over the top of our head all the time. If you're sitting in the backyard just enjoying a nice, sunny, quiet day, and you got a bazillion cars flying overhead, or, you know, look this whole idea of of ai of of robots even serving our needs every science fiction movie it all turns around we all end up subservient to them and even this idea of you know going off to distant planets it is cool but if you were if you were living on mars you would yearn to be back on earth you it's know like blue skies and morning. oceans and right, right, right. i mean earth is a pretty awesome place and, uh, so he gave this whole speech and the way he concluded it, which I thought was pretty cool was, you know, Hey, you know, I'm just a kid right now, but someday when I grow up, I want to be able to live in this same world. I want to live here on earth and I want it to be just as cool as it is today. That's cool. And he was saying that, you know, by sharing this message with you, maybe it's a way for all of us to think about it, to embrace what's good about technology because there's a lot of good things about it. There's a lot of conveniences that come from technology. So how do we take the good, but at least be aware of all the potential bad and try to mitigate some of that? I think awareness is the... Awareness. I don't, I don't
0: think anybody's awake. I don't think anybody's... We're just all plowing
1: forward. Dude, everybody's... Without looking. Exactly.
0: I mean, I think there's, a, there's something to be said about that, though. That a little kid like that, you know, James, smart kid, but realizes like, what the hell are we, what are we going towards? You know, and he kind of, I mean, he he listens to you and he listens to some of the stuff we talk about and stuff. And he, I think he, he does realize that. And it's a smart thing that you're teaching him like this because I mean, there's some people, um, kids that you see at restaurants and different places that they're just glued to that. Well, they're
1: just, they're tuned out. I mean, that was the thing that, uh, like I would hate to be a kid. kid That that was, that was my thing about, uh, even VR, you know, it's funny. So see right there. I've got a box that says DK2 on it. You see that on the floor? Yeah. Right there. Yeah,
0: yeah I see it. I so see
1: that it. right there is an Oculus Developer Kit. That was, and the DK2 stands for Developer Kit Two. So I got that. This was before Facebook bought Oculus. This was before you could buy one. The only way you could get one is if they had a developer portal. Mm. So you had to sign up for it as a developer and you had to pay I think it was ridiculous. It was like 500. Four, 450 dollars. Yeah. And there's nothing to it. It's just a headset. There's, you know, nowadays you got all your controllers and everything else. This is just the headset. And what I thought would be really cool is this opportunity to experience things that maybe you might not ever experience. Like everyone wants to see the seven wonders of the world, right? Was it like to, to see the pyramids of Giza or, you know, maybe what's it like to see excuse. Niagara Falls or it's whatever. It's maybe underwater, baby. So I thought that would be really cool, plus selfish reasons like, hey, this is a good excuse to go see all the coolest places in the world and record all these things to be able to share them with other people. And you know me, that's what I'm about. I like sharing experiences. Yeah, cool places. So the reason I didn't pursue it, is because I felt really torn about it because for all the good that I see in it, I also see the ugly, which is what's already starting to happen, people becoming so immersed in it. You put on a pair, have you ever done it? Have you ever done virtual reality? Uh-huh. It's easy to get sucked in. It's easy to lose track of time. And a matter of fact, the crazy thing is you kind of lose your sense of reality because the longer you play, when you take those those headsets off, you feel disoriented, like the real world all of a sudden feels weird. And so here's the biggest problem. I don't know how many people you've known in your life that have had a really bad drug problem. And it's easy for people to be judgmental and say, well, I just don't understand why they do drugs, you know, doing drugs for fun. It's just, you know, stupid. People do drugs the first time for fun. After that, the reason drug addicts usually become drug addicts is because they can't cope with reality. reality, with the real world. It's an escape for them. Of course. And the more you're in that other world, the harder it becomes to come back to the real world. And I see that same trap with virtual reality. So if it's really difficult in this world, like let's face it, this world can be tough, right? Especially to go out and achieve all the things that you think that you want to achieve in life but when you can put on a pair of headphones or or you know goggles, goggles and be anybody you want to be and experience anything that you want to experience the it's pretty tempting to be sucked into that world and the more you're sucked into that world the more you're going to neglect this world and the more there's going to be a contrast between the two worlds of one world that is really awesome when you experience it and the other is when you take the headset off and your life kind of sucks because you're
0: sitting in your dark apartment you know what the scary part of that too is you can see it in a kind of like a little microcosm in japan for example where they're nobody's having sex they don't have enough people making babies because the technology is so advanced that these dudes don't want to go out there looking for women anymore these
1: which is crazy because it's easier than it's ever been it's crazy it's crazy like i mean if you me. look at even look at Tender. I was just, you know, I remember god how many years ago, probably going back like 5 years ago, thinking this makes it so easy, like it's not hard work anymore. This mm-hmm. makes it easy. You don't have to go anywhere anymore. It's you don't have to go anywhere. To and no matter where you go, what town you go into or what country you go into, it makes it easy. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand that, but that's that's my other beef with technology. So technology makes everything easier for us. It's all about our convenience, but as a byproduct of making everything easier for us, it also makes us softer. Oh, 100%. And you know me, I'm the opposite of that. I'm all about how do I make things harder for myself? Literally, like I choose the hard way all the time. I choose the challenging way because I know that that's not only how I'm gonna grow, how I'm gonna experience things, it's what's gonna cause me to fail and therefore learn, but it's also an adventure. It's the same reason I drove, you know, my fifty-year-old car across the country, knowing it was going to break down on me. That was the adventure. That's what made it fun. I mean, nobody will really
0: remember doing a, a book report when you had to go to the library. Like for me, it was exciting whenever I got a project and I got to spend time at the library looking for different bo- books to, you know, do the paper. Now I you were going to just... say boobs. Boobs. Looking for boobs. No, but looking for different books to kind of search through and create this kind of craft this project of mine now i can go to google god i wish i'd go i'd be a genius right now if i had google (laughs) when i was a kid searching all that stuff i I just think that's the
1: danger is it it is
0: much easier but do you think so i i i don't know where i heard this theory i'll have to pull it up it was a a physicist that said it but saying that the technology boom from 100 years ago to the last 10 years has been so exponential the growth Mm -hmm. that our our prehistoric minds, which are still 10,000 years old, haven't caught up to how fast technologies, like we're going way beyond where we have.
1: I I just don't think that people, people who put a lot of thought into it, really bright people that put a lot of thought into it, understand the implications. (laughs) That's why a guy like, you know, and I haven't listened to a lot, but what you shared with me of what a guy like Elon Musk has said, which kind of imploring everyone to slow down, that this is yeah. Get- you would
0: think you would think he, as a as a tech guy or as a you know um, engineer he would want ai to move along but he's like right, but he no gets no it. no no no
1: this the smartest people understand the people who have put the time and thought into it understand where this is going and i mean look that's always the fascination to me with science fiction the the idea of what is science fiction well it's taking something based in science something that's real that exist today and letting our imagination run wild and letting us, you know, fast forwarding. Where is that going to go? How is this going to play out? And there's a reason that all science fiction movies sound the same because it all plays out one way. It really does. I mean, where's it going to go? And that's why they talk about, you know, singularity. That's not an uncommon term anymore. Hmm. That's a pretty, you know, that's, uh, that's something that's becoming more widely accepted as a reality. It's not a matter of if anymore, it's a matter of when. And mm-hmm. how fast does that happen, especially as technology is progressing so much faster than they thought. It's kind of like this whole thing, if you know, we were to get into like any other kind of conspiracy, talking about global warming. People say, okay, well, here's what's going to happen, this is what it's going to look like over the next 50 years, next 100 years. And what they're looking at right now, it looks like everything that they thought would happen is happening just a whole lot faster than they yeah, thought would happen.
0: because nobody believed it. There was a there's an actually a a book. It was a interesting book from some guy. Who wrote it in 1996. It was the day we could have changed it all. It was like a, a, talking about this Clinton summit that they had about global warming, where everybody passed on it. Mm-hmm. And if we would have, if we would have accepted those things. I'll send you the the book. But it was, it was a very interesting book saying the day that everything changed. Well, that's, that's why, you know, was, I
1: thought when Al Gore came out with his first documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, and since then he's come out with a second one. But when he came out with the first one, I thought the, the name of it was really clever, An Inconvenient Truth, because we could change things, but it causes an inconvenience to do it. Like, you know, to to buy less products that are, you know, made out of petroleum or, you know, to to make more effort to recycle or to do all these things that we know that we should do. They're the right things, but they're just too much work. It's too it, inconvenient.
0: Dude, even in my lifetime, I mean, look, changes and everything. I've seen a lot of changes in the way people eat, a lot healthier, all that. I haven't seen any changes with energy, really. I mean, you'll see that there's a concerted effort, but we still have the... We're still using gas. We're still, you know, not recycling the way we should. It's still – there's still more plastic in the ocean than ever. You know what's ever. crazy is,
1: look, being a parent does make you more responsi- responsible for Life. future generations. Right, 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 for sure. right, Because you know that you're creating a world that your kids are going to have to live in. But even then, even then, I still see a lack of caring. Nobody gives it's a shit. like – it'll be a problem but i won't be here to deal with it
0: right or it's not my problem so now everybody's voting today i hope everybody went out there and cast their vote i'm standing in line it wasn't even that bad i got into the ac pretty quickly did you yeah so it wasn't bad but you know these are the times and, and uh, that's a florida problem by the way we're in november and you're talking about you know having he, AC dude, 80, it's too hot. 86 degrees it's not a problem to me but um But only 40% of people are voting. I mean, like, whether you believe in voting or something, but 40% of people, less than that, are reacting to certain problems we have. When you say global warming, 10% of people are even... You know
1: what's interesting is uh, I think that's just... It's a really common thing in general with all things. When I was a kid, I think my mom gave me a lot of good advice when I was a kid, and this was one of the things that she always harped on over and over. She said there's... No such thing as a bad decision, except for a lack of decision.
0: No decision, yeah.
1: And no decision is a decision. It's the decision not to do anything, and so it's the decision by default. But I always grew up in, you know embracing that, knowing that even if I made the wrong decision, that it was my decision, I owned it, and then and therefore I could learn from it. But if you make no decision, then who are you gonna blame? Who are you going to blame for it? And the crazy thing is people still blame. They don't blame themselves for it. They blame life. They blame circumstance. But I, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that it's okay to make a bad decision. Just make a decision.
0: And I'm going to transition that into a little, little speech for social media. All right. The, The choice of making a decision, being a social media expert for the past 10 years, I'll give people a bit of advice. You can tailor and you can craft your social media to see and to experience whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You can follow the pages that you like. You can unfollow the pages that you don't like. The number one thing I'm going to tell you guys to do right now, go through each one of the pages that you follow and see, is this something that benefits me? Do I like seeing this every day? Just try that simple thing. I went through and I did a complete purge and I've tailored it to everything that I like sports cars good looking girls you know so you have a decision on these people that you like to follow like with us that's the, f- the first thing when i joined bpi sports i was asking like hey why don't we do this like this company or why don't we do why don't we have these crazy models that do this and i was like hey the models and all these people are not the celebrities you know our, our products are the information that we we give our you choose to follow the people that are making you sad, making you mad or triggering you in any way. So word to the wise, you can go through each one of your social media platforms right now and you can subscribe to the pages that help you go. And there, and there are, go follow the pages that like you, go follow, stop following shitty people you, on you, Instagram. Stop making shitty people famous.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> that's good advice. You know, so going back even one more generation past my mom, my grandmother, always used to say when I was a kid, careful of the company you keep. And so in her world, that was just your, the immediate people around you, your friends, your social circles. Now that's harder than it was back then because our social circle is so much bigger. We're literally opening up our social circle to the world. And again, these are people that we don't even know. We really don't know. How do you qualify these people? We don't. We just accept their like. Mm-hmm. We accept their like or their friend request because it's another friend request and it's like a stat. You know, it's almost like we're trying to build our own baseball card stats. And know, hold on. Uh, yeah, Instagram just went off. Uh, that means that we've gone past an hour. Yeah, but uh, I think that if, if people stopped looking at social media like stats and just looked at it like you said for quality of content and... and just like the company that you keep in your social circle, small social circle, do the same with your social media circle. Do it, dude. It's you know now surrounding yourself with the type of stuff that you want to see, especially I've always said that about losing weight. If you want to get in shape, one of the best things you can do is surround yourself with people that are going to support you in your goal, people that have similar interests that are going to encourage you, people who understand, because it's really difficult. To do it, to say, hey, I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to go to the gym. When your buddies are saying, forget the gym, let's go, let's eat some wings and Ooh, have a yeah. beer. Go and putting, it. you know, that kind of pressure on you. So, you know, you have to be really selective of your environment. Man.
0: Have a little bit of, you know, have your own, own but but, but, but it
1: is, you have the opportunity to create your
0: own environment. Like with me, you see, I have 499 fans. Every time he gets a 501, I look for somebody to get rid of. <laughs> I swear. And Just I've one? been doing it. Well, up until 500, 500 is my limit. Yeah. I don't want to follow five more than 500 people. I don't want to know more than 500 people. I'm not interested in them targeting me. But well, they, remember, every, every move you make, every like, every page you open, every comment that you make, you're creating a behavior pattern for yourself. And well, they're and that's tracking the, you on that.
1: Well, and that's the thing. So people ask me if I really look at a lot of social media content. And the answer is no. I mean, look, it's not my – my personality to begin with i'm the type of guy that doesn't even have five friends and i like it that way because i know that those people are real friends they're the ones i can call in the middle of the night and say i need your help and they're not even gonna ask why correct they're just gonna show up and there's there's almost a a process like i don't meet someone say hey they're my friend when i really consider someone a friend it's over the course of years that's when they're really vetted out because you're never going to know until you've been through some shit with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like where times aren't so good or there's conflict between the two of you and you get to test it and see okay, what are this person's true colors? So that's my personality. So now you take social media on the other hand, I you know, I can't even manage uh, you know, manage more than 5 friends in the real world, let alone try to manage hundreds or thousands right. of people in the social media world. And then, for the other reason that you just said, like, I don't, I'm not that interested in what that many people are doing. I can't. It's not, it's not, it's not realistic. It's not that I don't care because you got a lot of awesome people out there doing a lot of awesome things. And, and when I do look, those are the things that catch my attention. And they're usually things that are very, like I said, authentic, like people just being themselves, doing their own thing. That's the kind of people that I respect, Right. where it looks like they're just, doing their own thing because they want to do it, because they like it, not because they're trying to gain the approval of other people.
0: Right, that's the that's the respect part of it, man. It's just like doing what you can do. Just doing you. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, we've been over our hour mark. I think this was a great episode. It's probably one of my favorite episodes because we didn't write anything down and we talked about something that I really enjoy, which is kind of social media manipulation, as <laughs> it were. But really, I mean- Responsibility you, but, in but social media. But people feel like it's bigger than them. People don't actually understand how much power they have by c- clicking a like, mm-hmm. by leaving a comment, leaving a share, leaving so, so, a direct message. So, go, so
1: go, go watch that episode of Black Mirror. I think it's called Dive, Season three, it's called Nosedive, and what bugged me out, the reason I really had to stop watching was, is it was really sad, so I talked about... The ability for one person to upvote or downvote the other person. So, for you and I to have an interaction, you know, we meet up in the break room. That this desperation to be liked that you upvote a person who downvotes you. Hmm. It's like downvote, fuck you, (laughs) downvote you too. I don't care how popular you are, but you see that in the real world that people in an attempt to build up their social media are just liking people or liking the comments of people that are popular
0: just because they're conditioned to do so the kissing ass dude. I mean, look at all the, you see all the political commercials. Now here's one political commercial for me, say how great I am. And here's another political commercial, how shitty that guy is. You know, we I mean, see it everywhere. It's always uh, whatever you choose to believe. And I think that takes conditioning. We're expecting all these young kids to make these decisions on whatever, there's, we're all still dumb as fuck. I'm sorry, but like, we're still learning to make those certain decisions. Well, we're still, we're still very primitive in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And technology is not, we're still, Our brain is 10,000 years old. It hasn't evolved that fast.
1: We like, you know, you, you look at some of these social media experts or uh, psychology experts more specifically that have uh, really dove into social media because I mean, look, if you're a sociologist, Social media has got to be fascinating. Absolutely. It's got to be, you know, really fascinating to dive into it and what motivates people. But one of the things that people talk about is the dopamine response of someone liking one of your posts, your photos, and that you start to crave that after a while. And see, that's one thing that I'm not going to say that I'm not susceptible to it. I am. I am. I uh, just not to the same degree because there's still that part of me that reminds myself like, who, who, who is this person? Like, why do I care what they think? Like legitimately, why do I, I, don't care what most people around me in the real world think. Why would I care so much what they think? And that brings me back to reality. But again, that goes back to perspective, what we were talking about. And I think that's what's lacking today.
0: Yeah, f- before we leave, I'll tell you a funny story. So for 2004, my freshman year at Florida State, my first class sociology class, We walk in, we sit down, our first lesson, there's this new uh, website out there called The Facebook. Mm -hmm. I want everybody in this, it's a social experiment we're going to do, everybody in this class needs to sign up. Um, Florida State was, along with uh, USC in California and LSU, were the first three after Harvard, Yale, and all the, to to jump into Facebook. So we were one of the first 50,000 kids that... This sociology, she had six sociology classes, mm-hmm. and each one of them signed up to this new social experiment called the Facebook, which at the time was you can put up your class schedules, which was great for me because I never went to class, and I just found somebody that was in that class, and you can share personal information about you. But you're talking about sociology? That's where our our social he, our sociology teacher was like. You know what's downloaded. fascinating about that? So 2004, first person on Facebook. What's that? About, about 2004, I was the first 50,000 public school kids on Facebook.
1: So what's interesting about that? is was that, I'm assuming that was, you know, for them, that was a marketing angle of, hey, how do we, you know, once they launched this platform, well, no, but I mean, how do you grow this? Even if it's not a business, at the time, it wasn't a business. For them, it was like a pet project. But still, if you build it, you want people to come. So how do you get people from other campuses on there? So it's interesting how they, that probably went down. I'd love to hear the backstory. It
0: blew up. I remember the day it blew up was I got a notification from someone that went to Miami Dade College, community college, and somebody said, this person, because you needed to, to even be on Facebook, you needed a .edu, so at Florida State, Dennis at Florida State, .edu. So, if you didn't have a .edu from these three public schools, LSU, USC, and Florida State, you were not allowed to be on the Facebook. so we would find everybody that was in that class, in our sociology class, and we'd pass notes to each other, we would send notes, mm-hmm. we'd meet up in different places, we'd set up you know, um, appointments and stuff, so I'd always have these two girls that took amazing notes, so I would always be like, hey, can you send me some... I missed this class today, can you send me some of the notes? And then the... We went... We were done with school, and that summer, they opened it up to every school. So here, I'll leave you with this. This will be
1: final thought since I'm always picking on social media and talking about the things that I don't like about it. So here's one of the things that I do like about it. I think we all have a basic need to belong, right? This is a primal thing, we all wanna belong. And with social media, because it opens up the whole world, it allows you, if you can figure out who you are and what you represent, whether you as an individual or you as a brand, a Mm -hmm. company, say, this is who I am. These are my values. This is what I stand for. These are the things that I think are cool. And now you open that up and broadcast that out. It allows you to attract like-minded people. And that's pretty cool for like-minded people from around the world to be able to find one another and to, to create that, you know, I mean, look, I guess in a way it is, it's their own little clique, right? But of people that they can relate to, that's cool.
0: And yeah, that, that, that is, is really one cool. of the
1: things that I really enjoy. And I enjoy that in business. That's what we do at BPI. Mm-hmm. What is marketing to me? Marketing is, it's sharing a message. Mm-hmm. It's, we know who we are as a company and it's sharing that message, broadcasting that message out for other people who are like-minded, who have, you know, share similar goals and values. Absolutely. That's all it is. And then using all these tools, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube to
0: broadcast that message. That's all it is. And I think we do it better than anyone else, if I say so myself. Well, you're in charge of social media, so you should. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in again to the James Great Theory. I think this was a great episode, episode 35. We'll see you guys next week, the number one podcast from 2020. Remember, all the action is going on at youtube.com slash jamesgrates, so make sure you go and subscribe over there. You're probably already subscribed, so don't worry about subscribing. Come to the platform, give us a five-star rating, no four, no three. And you can find James Grace Theory on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, Radio Public, and wherever else you can listen to podcasts. Till next time, folks. Later.